And it's episode 15 of the Red Leaf Modern Cast. Yes, it's the Modern Gaming Edition. It's that time of the month yet again. It's great to be here. I am your host, JD, joined here with my buddy Drew from the West Coast. How you doing? West Coast, best coast. Left coast, wrong coast. <laughs> left coast. Yeah, you're on that left loose. coast. <laughs> Shit, that doesn't help. Yeah, we're on the loose coast. It's episode 15. We're talking modern games. We're talking all those big important games that came out in October. And uh, before October's we start October's the off, new November. Uh, well, yeah. Well, there was three big releases last year in October. That was uh, Wolfenstein, Mario Odyssey, and uh, Ask Creed Origins, I think. Those were the yeah. three. They all came out like on the same day. So... Uh, and I'm sure the chat is just dying to know what games we're going to be talking about. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the Xbox One conference that happened in Mexico, <laughs> which was, um, that was the thing that occurred. I still know nothing about it, by the way. Oh, oh, it's a, it's a, it's a gem. It's a gem. Uh, but we got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games. We got... Uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Super Mario Party, Forza Horizon 4, Mega Man 11, Red Dead Redemption 2, Starlink, and the final monthly thoughts on Call of Duty Black Ops 4. So that will be quite the interesting conversation for all these games. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, even our chat's going, whoa, a lot of things. Yeah, paid actors on the Xbox One. Well, why don't we get right into it? Because we got a lot to talk about, and we don't want to be here for three hours, for sure. <laughs> yep, true. I don't. I really am actually very hungry. Yeah, I'm hungry. I'm tired myself. <laughs> uh, I just did a retro yeah. gaming podcast episode this afternoon over strange and weird video games. That was the theme. We picked just... six games, so definitely... Uh, Definitely go listen to that. It's coming out this week. I just played a tournament in like four wager, four ladder matches. <laughs> I'm tired. I you did a ladder match. Every match. How's your back? <laughs> uh, well. Dude, my back was sore because it was on top of the scoreboard every fucking map. My backpack oh, is heavy. <laughs> Cheerios. Cheerio. Uh well, thank you everyone for joining us in the chat today, and if you're listening on iTunes or Stitcher, go leave us a review, and if you do that, then you will be, take a screenshot of that review, put it to at BowlingJD, and you'll be automatically entered then into a contest we're running. Yeah. And if you do stuff on my channel, I'll be giving away a 100 Thieves jersey here in the next month, and then maybe a copy of Black Ops 4 and some hoodies for December. Ah, Try and do monthly got... follower and subscriber giveaways. So. Oh, there you go. You got material giveaways. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought I'd do yeah. a little bit. I thought I'd do for the Red Leaf Retrocast something a little bit more um, out of the box. Uh, get the fans more involved in what the podcast is. So, if you uh, leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher, uh, subscribe on our YouTube channel, Red Leaf Retrocast, or yeah, follow us on Podbean, which is our main uh, host site, then. Yep. You can so you can be entered up to four times, uh, then you will be entered, and um, the winner will be chosen. And if whatever fan of whichever podcast you are, be it the wrestling, the retrocast, or the anime, well then you can decide what anime we review, what what theme we play games for the retrocast, and you get to pick two games for that. 
Uh, and in the, the wrestling one, you will get to choose the wrestler spot, spotlight. So it's a lot of retro involved there. Uh, the modern cast, we're still just going to stick to our, our same style. So <clears throat> Yeah, but if you win, you could also make us do something on the modern cast. So just come up with something. Uh, sure, I'll do it. You'll do it? Drew will do it. Drew's got sure. your back. I'll do it. As my cat's causing more I got trouble. you. Tell me what to do. I'll do it. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, definitely go do that. Uh, hit me up on Twitter, at BowlingJD, to prove that you did enter. Otherwise, I have no real way to tell otherwise. <clears throat> uh, but let's get into it. Xbox 118 occurred down in Mexico City. A conference Magico. that's... Excuse me, Drew? Mexico. Mex- yeah, Mexico. And Mexico. <laughs> they've been hyping this up. It's It, it was supposedly going to be something... Oh, well... Not very well, really as it have. seems. No, they've been hyping it up. They've been like, XO18, are you ready? And we're like, oh, am I? <laughs> I don't know. Am I ready? They were, they were really making it seem like it was going to be something like the PlayStation Experience or something as big as yeah. the Paris Games Week, uh, which we which we cover on the cast. PlayStation decided to bypass it this year. Uh, we did cover it last year. It was it was a lot came out of it last year. Whether it's some VR games, some new titles being released, uh, games in development they wanted to just announce, whatever it may be, it was a celebration of PlayStation. Um, yeah. So I was I was interested in Xbox because to me they lacked a lot of you know be it I was very critical of Xbox because I wanted them to show me something to be competitive, right? Yeah. At E3, so. Yep. Um, I didn't watch the conference. I wanted to do other things. Uh, I did read up on it afterwards, and then I caught some highlight videos of what they were doing, what they what they announced, and here's what happened, Drew. What happened? Um, they basically just showed extended trailers of what was already said at E3. Was there a Halo Infinite trailer? No. Oh. No, not a single new game was announced. And it was basically just expansion packs for something that was already released, such as State of Decay 2 and Sea of Thieves. Hey, sick. They, sh- I'm hyped they for showed. That. <laughs> well, fa- fans weren't too happy. Uh, supposedly, there were paid actors in the audience. And you could see on camera kind of the producers in, in the um, behind the cameras kind of before an announcement would be, be made. They'd want to they, they'd signal for the crowd to hype up during this during these moments. So it was very just out there and what they're trying to do uh yeah it's not good no it wasn't good at all and by the end of it um youtube exploded with you know reaction videos of it of xbox fans twitter exploded with what the hell just happened why was this even why did this even happen in the first place why why was this a conference why did why no did sense. this it, it made no sense i mean if it was just, it if they no were just sense. if they were just uh, transparent in what it was going to be from the start, then it would have just been, hey, come join us for uh, an Xbox party. But that's not what it was. Yeah. They had it. Dude, Xbox they parties made it are seem... lit, too. I've been, I've been to one myself. Yeah, Xbox parties they're are fun. awesome. They, they're fun. kinds of drugs and booze. And... Oh, yeah, okay, that's, yeah, sure. <laughs> but that's not what this was. They, they made no, it. there they... were no drugs and no booze. There was no drugs, basically no games uh, to be announced or in development. You know, at the very least, people were expecting maybe a battle, a Battletoads trailer to show us gameplay or something. Yeah, or show us a little bit. There of was one announcement. No, really, it was just one the announcement same trailer. in this. Yeah, in this show, in this showcase, there was literally one announcement worth anything. And what was that, Drew? 
That announcement was that Xbox has acquired Obsidian. Yes, that was that was the one thing that came out of it. They acquired acquired the one, one more thing. developer. And it, and it was really just kind of brushed over as not a big deal. Yeah. Which is cuz I mean like these shows that generally they that doesn't that doesn't ring uh because uh, you know a lot of casuals probably don't know who Obsidian is, you know. So I mean, it, it, you can't say, we acquired Obsidian, do a big thing, because most of your casual audience doesn't really get that. They don't really connect with that. But in my mind, I was like, hey, look at that. Um, that's kind of big, you know? Mm-hmm. A couple years, that'll pay off. <laughs> so, that was uh, XO18. I didn't know we've had 17 of these before 18. Or is that about the year? Drew, you're breaking up like a son of a bitch. Yeah, you've been stream. breaking up like a son of a bitch, too, on the live stream. So Okay, great. It's working on yeah, both ends. No. Yeah. Uh, so has, has there been 17 other XOs, or is this just like a 2018 thing? Okay. No, this, this, was, the fir- this was the first thing. This was the first thing. So um, Xbox acquiring Obsidian is a big thing for them, because they have made yeah. the, the Pillars of Eternity series. I believe they're also the same dev team that was behind the more popular Fallout series, be it New Vegas. Yeah, um, my like Obsidian is a big pickup, dude. It is a big pickup. That that's the first one that kind of pops out to me. But I have a I have a funny feeling because they're su- they're a um, a successful RPG company or developer that they're just gonna make them do mobile games. Mm, no, Microsoft did their touch in mobile games, and they do that no more. <clears throat> they they worked with Halo on mobile. It never really flew. I think they're they're gonna work on a first party game because I think they are trying to fill out the first party you know um, class. They're trying to get all the genres shoved in there. You know, I think these last pickups since E three and Obsidian here at XO, I think they're actually trying to get developers to fill out the full first party lineup. So. I don't think they'll be doing mobile games because it's just not rational. They already failed with them, so. Well, that's optimistic thinking. I'm going to be more on the pessimistic on that side. Dude, they're not idiots at Xbox. They just, they're in a bad spot. They're trying to fill up because they know what gamers want, and they're trying to get there. They just have to, that stuff takes time. So. Well, they did put themselves in this position in the first place, so. Well, the, yeah, and that guy got fired. Now Phil Spencer's <laughs> trying to fix it up. <laughs> we'll see what happens uh, over the next couple of years, uh, especially with all these companies being acquired. But I, I have my prediction set in place that Tales, the Tales of Eternity, Obsidian people will just make a mobile game, just like Rare made uh, all those. They turned they turned them into kinetic people, or connect kinetic. Connect. <laughs> I don't think I don't think Microsoft's going to dabble in mobile again. That that did not go well for them last time. We'll see, but that was that was the Xbox conference. Very very disappointing. Uh, yeah, just a waste, a total grand waste of time. But with that, <laughs> I'm gonna play a victory jingle because we're going into some uh, probably the greatest month of 2018 in game releases. So here we go. Yeah. All right. Are we supposed to talk about news? What news? We already talked about news. That was the Xbox conference. <laughs> oh, that's true. Okay, yeah, that was the news. 
that was the news. If you want, if you want to talk about more of the like microtransactions and shady shit going on, uh, we covered that on the retro gaming podcast this afternoon. So, yeah, all right. Yep. Woohoo! Well, here we are. October has come and gone. We uh, let's see. The first game we're going to talk about is Assassin's Creed Odyssey, a game yep. I was heavily. What about your game informer? Are you watching my stream? <laughs> All right. So Assassin's Creed Odyssey came out, and I was heavily hyped for this, especially with how much I enjoyed Assassin's Creed Origin. I believe yep. I uh, at the end of 2017 I had it in my top ten. Let me see here. I think it was. Yes. Yeah. It made it made the number ten spot in my top ten games of 2017. Yeah. So I. I love Assassin's Creed. I have almost every game. The only one, the only like mainline ones I didn't get was Unity because it was broken and Syndicate was boring. Dude, Unity is my favorite Assassin's Creed game. Well, you're dumb. <laughs> that game is so much fun. I love the story. I love the character. I love that game. It was a broken disaster. So mm. I go. I and, and how I play a lot of these modern games is every Friday I I go to. <clears throat> A, um, a video game place, and they, you know, I bring my VR and uh, let a bunch of people play it. All the games I got on my PS4, and because I have a bunch of VR games, and what what they allow me to do then is play the newest and greatest releases for hours, right? Yeah. Well, uh, I did a little preview on some podcast episode that we we've done previously where I was very hyped for Odyssey and. As it turns out, the game I hated it. I absolutely you really hated did it. hate that game. This man hated Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I really liked it. I thought it was awesome. I know a lot of my friends really liked it too. I don't understand why you were. I mean, I do, but like, I like this so, AC game, man. I think it's good. So what I was most critical in in Origins was at times, especially in the later game, it got real grind festy. The side quest didn't do much for me, but I'm not, you know, a side quest kind of guy. I usually don't care about that stuff. I don't gravitate toward it. I just like playing the story. Right. Maybe fuck around a bit in the world that they've put in front of me. And and that's about it. I'm, I'm pretty good in that aspect. Very simple. Yeah. Well, yeah, makes sense. what Odyssey does is the story sets up much better than Origins. So I was like, okay, great. Fantastic. We've already fixed that problem that was in Origins. Right. And then, as soon as you get into get out of that introduction phase, that's when you're just hit with you're you already feel underleveled. The 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 weapon and armor system is like a thousand times more detailed than Origins, which can be good for some people. They're definitely Assassin's Creed as a franchise is gravitating more towards the RPG side, which is fine. I love RPG games. I'm okay with that. I'm not so stingy that I can't think of a new direction as a good thing, right? Yeah, It'll, it, in the much. long run, it will keep the franchise alive. And again, no, no, like no, I said, right. I loved Origins. Well, being that the it gets so grindy that it takes the fun out of it. It just... It, right. Think of think of a, a big problem a lot of people had with Destiny, where it just it doesn't feel like you're progressing. You're just pumping mm -hmm. bullets into the same enemy until it finally dies. Yeah, there there's not much to that in Odyssey other than I'm slashing a sword at an enemy, 
until it dies. And it's just so long. It drags and drags and drags. And the enemy scaling, right. uh, as um, a fan here, Asuka, uh, says in the chat, it's, uh, it's, it's too slow on the enemy scaling. You're le you level way too slow. And that's the huge issue. That's the grinding. That's the grind fest. And what Ubisoft did, and they've fixed it a little bit post-launch, mm -hmm. uh, because they knew it was, they thought they could get away with it kind of deal, or what could they get away with, was uh, booster packs. So you can XP, you can XP yourself uh, to higher right. levels. But that only works yep. for so long, and then you have to do it again. You have to do it again. And right. I kept trying to uh, not have to use those booster packs. Because then what you're telling me is $60 isn't going to get me a full game. It's going to get me this game up until I have to spend an extra $10 for another pack, and then I can start playing the game again. Right. So there's that. Uh, Post-launch, mm -hmm. they 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 also implemented a, an in-game currency system that you can uh, acquire to buy items uh, at the Ubisoft store. So whether you want your flaming swords or not, or what have you, <laughs> your unicorn swords, or if you right. want to look like a unicorn, it's it's fine. That that's okay. That's a big grind as well. That's no different. Yeah. <clears throat> Now you're earning two currency systems. Very mm -hmm. a lot. A lot of things just stack on each other. It's not. It doesn't work with me. Yeah. And that's why I hated the game. The um, RPG elements, you know, they're they're coming. They're fine. The world is vast and and beautiful, just like Origins. You know, I expected that. That delivered. That you know, good stuff there. But the enemy yep. scaling and the grind fest just was game breaking to me. So. Drew. Yeah. <laughs> what did your friends like about Assassin's Creed Odyssey? Um. First, Zach man in the chat. No, I would not. Um. Second, <laughs> the uh, the they like the open world. The gameplay is super good. The the open world is huge. It's beautiful. I think the game is super fun. I don't really have a problem with very many grindy features in games. I've never had that issue. Mm -hmm. So I, I was fine with it. But it was just it was an open world and it was a story and is I, I just loved it. You know? I thought it was a ton of fun. Okay. Uh, all right. Let me go into a little bit more detail then on the story. So mm -hmm. this game, because of the grind fest, it forces you to do these side quests. 100% forces you to do it cuz that's how you get XP. They even they even have a dedicated like arena so you can grind XP. That just one thing yeah. that didn't need to be there, right? I mean, it's kind of cool though. But it's the sole purpose of this arena is so you can grind XP. So you can then progress into the game. So you just, "Oh, I'm underleveled. Well, I have to go to this one thing, otherwise I can't progress anymore." So then your other choice yeah. your other choice then is to do side quests. It's either the the arena or the side quest. And to me the side quests in Odyssey are such a waste of time. You are an errand bitch. Dude, for every single one of side them. Side missions have always been miserable. They okay. So sometimes in Origins they would crop up where hey, uh, go assassinate this guy. Go investigate this, and then you end up killing, like, a crocodile, or you would come and... 
unlock something else in the world. What I came across in Odyssey was nine times out of ten, go fetch this item and bring it back. Right. It was scaled up to an extent where it wasn't acceptable anymore. Yeah. So then I had no interest in doing any side quests from that that point on. Well, now what's my only option? Go to the go to the arena. And it was just a rinse and repeat. Go do a mission, do some story, you have the dialogue tree. We've seen that before in many RPGs. That's, you know, f- fine. Um they're not as static as uh, Origin, so they improved on that. So, uh yeah. Oh, all I th- in all, I've never really enjoyed side missions on Assassin's Creed at all anyway. I just enjoy the open world um, and just kind of running around and playing the story. Mm. So I've never really been... T- I, in any RPGs, I've never been a side mission person at all, you know? So. Well, this is definitely something that forces you to do them. Yeah. So if you don't yeah, like I- them, the game, the game pretty much breaks for you. Yeah. Uh, so... I think people are that are really high on the franchise and love these kind of time-wasting elements. Because let's face mm-hmm. it, that's what they are. They they're they're there to, they're there implemented into the game to get you to spend money. Yeah. Whether you do it or not is up to you, but it is still a predatory tactic, which is not fine. And to mm-hmm. me, in my gaming experience, it ruined it. It really did. So, uh, I think. My theory is because it's Ubisoft, and we've seen this time and time again, a year or two later from now, it will be a fixed, a more fixed game. More stuff will be added, uh, implemented into the game for you to further enjoy it, and it will be at a much cheaper price. So then, so then those microtransactions that are in the game will somehow, you know, make up for it. Right. That's my feelings on Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I did not buy the game. No, I, you're, I, I agree to it. a certain extent. I just really, really enjoyed the game. Alrighty. Well, let's get on to uh, Super Mario Party. Oh, boy. Nintendo Switch. <laughs> uh, this franchise, in my opinion... Can I start this one? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Go for it. In Say my anything. opinion, the Super Mario... The, the Mario Party franchise has just been going downhill for a very long time. Um, it's just went out because now you're on a. I'm so confused what the direction was because now it's 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 more RNG than ever. You know, you're all on a, a car together. Like, I don't even I don't even know how to describe this game. It's just a board game. It's literally so Mario Party's not on a car anymore. Board. It's not on a car. No, I was watching footage. Is this one not on a car anymore? No. Fuck. This one's super RNG, though, isn't it? What does super RNG mean? Random number generator. It's completely what? randomized. There's not, there's not really a skill gap that comes to this anymore. No, there's some strategy to it. But it's, it's not as much as there used to be, correct? Oh, I don't, I don't know what you mean by that. I don't know. I've been playing Mario Party for a long time. I haven't played this one yet, I will admit. I've just watched some reviews on it. But my favorite one... Kid you not, was Mario Party DS. Mm-hmm. I thought that was, I thought the maps were fun. I thought the strategy was fun. I thought it was random enough, but it wasn't too random, you know? I thought it was just a lot of, except for the Bowser things. Those were annoying. But uh, Mario Party is just supposed to be a dumb party game, you know? It gets better when you're under the influence. Well, 
<clears throat> everything's better with that, especially party games. Sure. So, <clears throat> I've I've pretty much I yeah I have and played pretty much every uh, Mario Party up to this point. And my first impression of Super Mario Party, because what I wanted out of this was you know c- kind of a reason to buy Switch Online. I was really hoping for the whole party mode aspect, uh, the board games to be online, so I can play with friends who live you know states or countries away. And you can you can set games to run shorter or whatnot. You know you can easily implement like a save feature, and you and your friends come back to it later. You know something. Yeah. Uh, they didn't do any of that. They kind of they. What ended up happening was you you get four boards again. Uh, two of them are standard. Go around the board, and get your stars, collect coins. You know that's part of the course. Yeah. Two other boards are what's being called kind of a free roaming, which is kind of interesting. It it, it definitely has a lot more strategy to it. So uh, what I mean by this is you roll the die. You know, let's say you get a five. You can go five spaces. Mm -hmm. Well, you can go anywhere on the board that's five spaces. There's no set path, which is pretty cool. That's really neat. I like that. I was I, I'm I'm really wondering why we're only still getting four boards at this point with the these Mario Party games. Yeah, we should be getting a lot more content. That that's really odd to me. <clears throat> so the uh, one one neat thing that Super Mario Party also does is with uh, the no- the number of characters you get. Uh, I, li- I like all those. They each come with their own special dice block. So, like, uh, Bowser will have um, two rolls that you'll lose three coins, possible. Uh, then you'll have, like, three twos and then a ten that you could possibly roll. So there's kind of a, there's a, there's a risk-reward system with each character, um, with each dice block they have. Pretty cool. You can collect allies along boards that can add to your roll, and you can then you can get their dice block. So there's some strategy there. Uh, the items in the game are kind of limited compared to right. compared to uh, older ones. Mm-hmm. So I didn't, I didn't really care for that. Just a lot of just a lot of items that get you to uh, roll more. A lot of mushrooms, right. you know, extra three to your dice roll, extra five here. Uh, the item that comes in handy the most in this game is the warp pipe, and it's kind of broken. So. Mm-hmm. What this does is it warps you directly next to the star, so you get one right away. Right. So there's like a half strategy involved with the board and always getting this warp pipe. <clears throat> so you get your four boards, and there's a, a shit ton of other content outside of the four board games this time around. Mm-hmm. Which you didn't really have in past games. Um, it's a lot of kind of fuck around modes. You can you can go and test out all the mini games. Uh there's the online mini games are aren't even worth mentioning that's kind of odd there's the single player uh mode i never got to because in order to unlock the single player in super mario party you have to have played every single mini game that there is in the game and there's a lot <laughs> so that took that takes time <sighs> what else uh Looks good, plays fine, it's a lot of fun. I think it's one of the... My initial impression was kind of low because of what, what I expected out of it 
especially since mm-hmm. 2018 and Switch Online being a thing. Uh, yeah. But to be honest, I think it's better than Mario Party 9, and that's the one that people... Mario Party hate. 9 was really shit on by most of the community. So was 8. Yeah. Uh, I liked 8. I was on the Wii. It was fine. You liked 8? Yeah, it was fine. It was, it was 9 that was really, really bad. With the eight. That was the one in the car. 10 had mm-hmm. Bowser Party. That's the like That was the mode to play. Yeah. So, uh, there's that. Uh, so I so the downsides is there's still only four boards. There's no online play, and uh, kind of limited on the items. But the characters, the dice blocks, and the free roam boards is is uh, those are the high points. So, um, you know, it's a couch multiplayer Mario Party game. It's gonna be fun. You're gonna have you know, the uh, the motion control mini games work fine. They're they're really good at times. There's a couple that there are a couple mini games that are stinkers, but you know. Yeah, I mean, it, there's happens. always some. Yeah, there's always going to be something like that. Alrighty. This is thoughts on Mario Party. Let's see. Mario Party, pretty simple. Um, Let's talk Mega Man 11. We're skipping that game? Well, we're not going to skip any games. I just don't want to... I don't want to talk just, just like, myself oh, okay. right now, you know? I'm ta- I've been, ta- I've been talking a lot. Mega okay. Man 11. You, you've definitely seen yeah. a lot of Mega Man 11. And by the way, Capcom actually sent me a copy of the game, so hooray. What? Really? <laughs> yeah. For free? Yeah. I even got a signed poster by the director. From Capcom? Why? Uh, I won a contest for the poster, and then they just sent me the game. Oh, uh, hey, that's cool. Yeah. Damn. Well, I, in all honesty, do not know much about Mega Man 11. Oh. Sounds like you didn't get a free copy. <laughs> I did not get a free copy. In fact, I don't have any copies of it. Capcom really wanted people to like this game. To be completely honest, all I've really played the last month is Call of Duty and some Halo. (laughs) I need to pick up Red Dead. Uh, Oh, we'll get to Red Dead for sure. Yeah. Uh, All right. Well, Mega Man 11, uh, if you've played any of the original Mega Man games, it's like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has a more cartoony style to it. You know, some people didn't like that. Um, the more diehard Mega Man fans were, like, really getting picky on a lot of small aspects of the game. You know, right. and that, 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 that comes down to... Uh, there was one that came down to when you go into a, uh, a boss arena and Mega mm-hmm. Man hits it, he, he'll freeze in the air and the screen will shift over. Right? And then it'll yeah. show the boss. Well, in this, it's all just yeah. real time. He just jumps in and jumps down. Oh. So it's like, oh, dude, okay. I loved that, though. There's so many little things in Mega Man like that that I loved. Well, the little thing in Mega Man that may not be a little thing that I loved that wasn't in this game was the music. I thought the music in the oh, game and, and sound effects were very bland, average, and just boring. That's a big part of Mega Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you can you can just like pick a title in any Mega Man game, and you just like yeah, the music. Never got that feeling at all in this entire game, so I was very disappointed that. Oh, that's no fun, man. Yeah, but the rest of the game, the rest of the game was rock solid. Whether it was the. Let's see. You have you have what they call the gear system in the game, 
which uh, which allows you to slow down time. And then you have the power-up gear, which allows you to have a booster to your weapon attacks, which comes in handy. I will admit I didn't use them as much as I should have. So I, I in- mm. unintentionally made the game harder on myself by not using mm. them. <laughs> right. Because I'm so... No, I did the I'm same so... when I played Spider-Man. I never used any of the suit mods, and that made it way harder. Well, you just don't think of it because you think, oh, um, yeah. You're, I've, I've played so many Mega Man games now, I don't think about using this gear system at all. Exactly. Not instinctually. It wasn't until the end of the game, like, maybe I should use this thing. And I was trying to actually think about using it, and holy crap, it made the boss battles like a thousand times easier. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think everything except uh, Torchman stage was a lot of fun. Every Everything felt extremely unique to each other. Um... Design like layout layout wise, enemy wise, I saw a lot of repeat enemies on stages that just didn't belong. Mm-hmm. Right. I I thought that was really strange. Why why I don't know. I want to get this game now. I really want to get this game. Mega Man Eleven. I love Mega Man. Yeah, a new Mega Man yeah. game, dude. That's awesome. No, it's it's definitely worth getting it. You know, they they had it at a discounted price. It takes about four or five hours to complete. One time through, and there, there's definitely replay value there because of how much fun it is. Uh, but it, but it isn't this like ten out of ten, nine out of ten, greatest Mega Man game ever, by any means. It's not that. It doesn't have. It does. It, it's missing too many things to set it apart from older Mega Man games. That's kind right. of what I'm going with this. Yeah. But the gear system was super fun. I really liked Blast Man stage. I really liked Bounce Man stage, despite what Kevin on the retrocast would say he just couldn't figure out the jumping mechanic to the bounce band stage, which is really funny. Right. And to be honest, right. I, I was frustrated too because I couldn't figure it out either. I thought it was a timing mm-hmm. mechanism that you had to do with mm-hmm. uh, with the bouncy balls. But instead, you just hold down the jump button, which is counterintuitive. And that, mm-hmm. that'll increase your jump jump height. So it's like, oh. Scratching my head. Okay, now I got Isn't it. And then, then I just... Platformer? Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> So Mega Man 11 super fun. Uh, it does have its design downfalls, but it's not mm-hmm. it's not game breaking by any means. So that's that's at the end of the day what what this what this is about. So it's pretty neat. What was the last Definitely. Mega Man game you played? <laughs> last Mega Man play I played that was like as far as I was playing a new Mega Man game or the last time I played a Mega Man game. Last time you played a Mega Man game, which one was it? It was oh, I played Mega Man two. I play Mega Man two like probably like once a year. Yeah, that's the that's the one I have on the NES. That was the one game I had. And there's what six? I played Mega Man two on the NES for the first time too. Like that's just I play it whenever I get an opportunity, just because it's a super fun game. So. Mega Man 11, definitely go get it if you're a Mega Man no. fan. It's not, you're not going to be disappointed. I'll probably be yeah. streaming that game in the coming weeks. So. Uh, PlayStation Classic, hearing a lot of bad things about it. Same. Yeah, people are people are bitching about the uh, about the game library. It's coming out for it. Yeah. You know what? We can we can actually get into that uh, after talk about the next game. What I wouldn't mind going. Game? I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind going down the list of the PlayStation Classic because we did talk about this on the uh, on the previous episode. You totally could. All right. So the next game is Forza next? Horizon Four. 
Here, we should do Starlink next. You want to do Starlink next? <laughs> I have no idea what this game is. <laughs> All right, we can do st- we, we can do Starlink next. So Starlink. Oh, Starlink. I want to hear what Starlink is. Starlink is a toys to life game with with spaceships. Oh, I get it. Was this one they announced on the uh this for the Switch the like at E three? With Star like the Fox spaceships? involved for the Nintendo one. Yeah, yeah, that you like connect your ship, your Lego ships or whatever, to the front of your Switch, and then you fly them around. Yes. Oh, that's so cool. Cool concept, <laughs> boring-ass game. Yeah, that's what I expected. All right. It is incredibly simplistic. There's no rhyme or reason really to anything. Um, the Nintendo Switch version with Star Fox is... Uh, it's it's better only because there's a little bit of Star Fox in it. They they added a little bit of story to there, but at the end of the day, it was just you you have your ship uh, that you bought, and you can get ship upgrades in the game, but you're limited to what you had bought with your toy. Did I right? Mm-hmm. And each mission is just go to the planet, use the ship, shoot the thing. Go back to the ship, get a new mission, do it all over again. And the difference with the Star Fox one is you might get little Star Fox, little cutscene in between there. That's it. That's the whole game. I got bored of it really fast. It is definitely a, a game for children that want a more simplistic game. Right. Yeah. I'm going to be completely honest. You cut out that entire time. That's fine. I heard nothing of what you said. That's fine. <laughs> All, right. All right. All right. So let's... Forza uh, is next. Yeah, that's... Forza is next. Well, we got the Forza PlayStation Horizon. Classic library, actually. Oh. As kind of a halfway right. point. I'll go for it. Start start listing them. Uh, okay. So, uh, full lineup of 20 games. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can just, like, make this a little short topic here. Yeah, just shoot it. Because I didn't yeah, even yeah. play it on the PlayStation 1 ever, so I have no idea, um, and I really don't care. Well, see, I have most of these games. That's the thing. Right. Uh, Battle Arena Toshinden, f- fine. Cool Borders 2, love it. Destru- Destruction Derby, fine. Final Fantasy 7, there's your there's your big title. Grand Theft Auto, the first one. So, Ooh, that's a good game. Okay. I, I, mm-hmm. I, we covered it on the cast, on the retro cast. It made me sick because of the camera. So maybe they'll fix it. <laughs> uh, Intelligent Cube, great game to have on there. Jumping Flash, a kind of one-of-a-kind uh, first-person uh, perspective game. Uh, way ahead of its time. Right. Metal Gear Solid, Mr. Driller. Mr. Driller is super fun. Uh, so mm-hmm. a lot of variety to this we're already seeing. Oddworld Abe's Odyssey, hell yeah. We just covered that on the cast this afternoon the retro on the retro cast. The original Rayman. So you got, you got, your, uh, you got your side-scrolling platformer. Uh, Resident yeah. Evil Director's Cut, so fine. I mean, there's other Resident Evils out there at this point, but yeah, it was very, very good to have on there. Yeah. Uh, Persona, which I was surprised that that was a uh, that the OG that made, Persona, the OG Persona. I personally didn't don't like it because it's um, first person hallways and they all look the same. Yeah. Um, but hey, a lot of a lot of people haven't played it, and it's it's worth checking out. It's uh. It's definitely one of those games that it's for Japan kind of deal. Yeah. Uh, Ridge Racer but Type There's also, 4. on the classic version in Japan, they're actually releasing plenty of games only for Japan. 
Yeah, they replaced a couple couple titles. You know, just like the NES Classic kind of deal. Somebody in my chat is upset that they forgot Omega Boost. The hell's Omega Boost? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, man. Ridge Racer Type 4, which is arguably the best racing game on the PlayStation and the best looking. Yes, better right. than Gran Turismo 2. Uh, Super Puzzle yep. Fighter 2 Turbo, so there's your kind of... There's your Mean Bean Machine kind of game. Uh, mean Siphon mean Filter, machine. the first one. Tekken 3, that's your fighting game. Uh, mm-hmm. The original Rainbow Six, I thought, was really strange to put on there. That is a strange pick, even because I played the original Rainbow Six on Xbox, you know? I didn't play it on PlayStation. Yeah, I, I don't know why Rainbow Six in I particular, other than it's popular right now. I would have probably chosen Medal of Honor, personally. Yeah. I don't remember if that required the analog sticks, though. I don't think so. We did cover that on the cast. Did. No, I think you... I don't think you did. Um, but the original Twisted Metal and Wild Arms. So they went for a lot of the original kind of first games here. And re- remember, Drew, on the previous cast, I said you don't want to put uh, Medieval, Spyro, Tomb Raider, yeah. or Crash Bandicoot on there because there's remakes of all those. Yeah. Um, especially with Crash Bandicoot, Spyro, and Medieval having remakes coming out now on the PS4. So, to me, I was like, no, you don't need those on there. Yeah. You want to get a lot of variety, you want to get some unique games that were PlayStation exclusives. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the yeah, the only one I would have changed probably is uh, the Rainbow Six with something right. else. That's just my... I mean, I'm the big PlayStation nut, and I don't see a real problem with this list. There's a lot of variety here. Uh, there's a game for everybody, at least one. And it, it just gives you an idea of what a lot of PlayStation was about. I'd probably... You know what? I'd probably replace Rainbow Six with Parappa the Rapper. There you go. Uh, right, Drew, any Rappa. game that you would replace on this list for another one? Or two or three? Dude, I didn't play on the PlayStation, man. I use I used Nintendo and Xbox. <laughs> Fair enough. So a lot of people are upset. The uh, The price point's still kind of high to come into. It's like $100 for the 20 games when each game is like cheaper on the store or the same price. Or you can just get 20 games yourself on the PlayStation store. But you're really getting this for collectors. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... Anyway... I see. Yeah. yeah, anyway, let's move so on. the next game, uh, was, Forza Horizon a... 4. Yes. The fourth installment in the Forza Horizon series. Um, let's be honest, guys. Forza is always a solid 9 out of 10. They don't do anything crazy. They just do what not they do. One. They do it well. Uh, I think it a is a 9, 9 out of 10. 10. I think this one is a 9 out of 10. This I game is pretty much identical to Forza Horizon 3, in all honesty. It's pretty much identical. They just switched up the location, and they added the season system. And I think it's fantastic, you know? It's hard to really talk about Forza because especially, specifically it's an arcade um, and it's it's another Forza game. Like I said, it's pretty much identical to Forza Horizon 3. You know, it's a ton of fun. It's uh, open world. It's got fun race. It's got really pretty cars and it's a beautiful game and then the seasons are super fun. I think the location for this game is also super cool. Uh, 10 out of 10 for you, Zach. Yeah, no, I, I mean... I don't want to give a game a 10 out of 10 generally unless I think it is expanding kind of the genre or something, but that's why I give Forza a solid 9s out of 10s. Just because they're, mm-hmm. you know, they're Forza games. They're, they're, they do what they do. They do it very well. So that's my take on the uh, Horizon, the Forza Horizon 4. 
So I actually uh, streamed my entire experience with this game. He did. And I played it that for about... Did. I played it for like 13, 14 hours. So I played it a long time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I love racing games. I've, I've, I've definitely been in that mood. And so it came at probably the perfect time for me to look at mm-hmm. this game and, and enjoy it or not enjoy it. Uh, I'm saying this right now. I think it's a 7.5, 8 out of 10. Because I have played Forza Horizon 3. In a lot of ways, it's very similar, but what they tried to do differently, I think, hurt the series. Right. The The season system, to me, was very negligible. All it did was make the environment change color, essentially. Um, mm-hmm. The the wet roads, uh, war, they didn't really affect cars as they probably should have with how you're racing. Mm-hmm. Um. Like, you didn't hydroplane or anything, but hey, this is an arcade game, so I wasn't, yeah. like, totally upset with it. I just thought they could have done more, a little bit more with that, uh, mm-hmm. especially considering you're driving on an open road the entire game. Right. They probably could have had terrain come into a little bit more play, because what ends up happening is, because you're, you're on the singular map, and it's a big, big world, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no fast travel system at all in the game until... You either buy a house with a lot of in-game currency, and it's slow to get, Drew. It's a big grind to get this in-game currency. Like, I was able to get, like, four cars in 13 hours. (sighs) Didn't, uh, never amassed amassed, uh, enough to buy a single house that was, like, Mm -hmm. any, like, worth it. It wasn't worth it. Um... Uh, as soon as I bought one high-end car, I basically used that on the open road as much as I could, and then, uh, if I was able to use that car, I would just burn the competition. And it does this weird AI thing, where you can gain currency faster if you make the conditions more difficult on yourself. So... You can make the AI hard, and then you mm-hmm. can put in, you know, manual controls, this. You can tune up your car differently for certain things. The, the, the tuning I found to be very negligible as well, uh, unless you had a more higher-end car. But then, again, you, you have that grind uh, to... You have to grind to get the things to make, the, make it a true difference. And it really wasn't the grind wasn't worth it. Right. You know? So... You go around race to race, you have... You have different... Uh, aspects to the race. So there's a... There's, an, there's like an off-road course, and you have to use an off-road car. It forces you to have this car. Well, again, because the gr- the grind of the in currency si- the in game currency system so much, you're probably not going to have enough to buy a car that's even worth changing, right? Right. So you just you're just given this car, and then that's what you have. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um. And and it goes like that. There there's a uh, open road race course, and you have to use this car. And it, there's about four or five different modes like that. Um, right. There's a few additives in the world like uh there's a there's stunts you can do that was kind of 
fun. There's little speed points where you try to get the highest speed and get a certain star rating. You know, that mm-hmm. that's fine. Uh, you know, there are certain things there that add to the experience, but mostly it's like you can just skip them. They're not really... Mm-hmm. They don't really add much to the game other than that kind of just split-second moment of, ah, okay. Uh, what I really liked in the game were the... God, what were they called? Uh, showcase events. They're called mm-hmm. showcase events. There's only about... I think there was only about four of them, and then I played a fifth because it was like the monthly thing, right? Yeah. So, uh, the showcase events are when you when you get to a certain point, uh, after completing enough uh, of the season, uh, you get... A showcase and you f- you race against a specialized vehicle so like mm-hmm. the first one is against this giant like hovercraft thing and you're racing against it and there's cool like cinematic events that was really cool uh then there was the second one was i think you're racing against a, a big fucking train that was cool mm-hmm. uh right. Uh, you face against a lot of motorcycle riders that are spewing out like colored smoke behind them. Uh, that was actually in the trailer. I remember that from E3. Mm. Um, I even faced the Halo like spaceship in the special event. <laughs> the uh, the Pelican. Yeah, I don't know what it's called, but it was it was a big like Halo themed course, and there was a bunch of Halo ships, and I was actually the I think it was the Warthog, or is that what it's the called? Warthog, yeah. The Warthog, yeah. That's what I was. Mm. That was right. Uh, that's why I was racing. So, um, the showcases were definitely my favorite part of the game, but they they came few and far between with the hours. Mm-hmm. I wish there was a lot more of those. I wish that's kind of what there I was racing towards. There were six of them. Okay, I thought I yeah. thought there was a thought there was four and then a fifth. Well, maybe there's six now. Another month has passed. Um, the 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 not having a fast travel system was kind of irritating it was just inconvenient that's what it felt like because i i was the the terrain of the map doesn't change drastically enough to really notice it felt like after a certain amount of time i would say about two hours i felt like i was i was racing the same race over and over and over and over again just with a different car that the game forced me to have right okay Which isn't good for a game that you're supposed you to have to, lots of variety. You're you know? supposed to have the, this variety, and it just didn't feel like any variety was there at all. That's right. why this this gets in Forza Horizon Three. I felt like the variety was there. Yeah, I felt like the cars felt unique to each other. Uh, the drivetrains and traction felt different with each car. It required mm-hmm. a different skill, and. The other, the last but not least thing I want to say about this game is I never felt like I needed to race for first place. Right. Ever. Yeah. That's what kind of racing game doesn't give a shit if you get first place or not. I don't know. That just kind of breaks the game to an extent. Yeah, like I got sixth place in racing. I go, okay, I got sixth. Whatever. <laughs> I gained yeah, some experience no. and I moved on. Yeah. Well, you remember me, I was playing uh, Gran Turismo Sport or whatever. I was determined to 
at least place in the top three every time because then oh, I couldn't yeah. I couldn't progress in the game. Mm-hmm. That's the point of racing games. Mario Kart, you know. Yeah, that Mario Kart forces you to yeah. place. Yeah. If you don't place, you don't get anything, you know? Yeah, the only incentive to place at at a, at a, at a higher position in, in races is that little extra experience. But it's, again, mm-hmm. this is this is, the theme, this is the word theme of Forza Horizon 4. It's so negligible that it's not worth your time to just do it again. You yeah. just go do another race. Pretty much. It's not that uh, expansive. No, and um, it, it, it definitely has that live service um, game element to it, so more content will come out all the time. I'm sure there will be more courses or a new map in time, but you know, from my experience in this initial release, no, this isn't a bad game. I'm not saying it's a bad game at all. I think it's just underwhelming. Right. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, that's Forza Horizon 4. I mean... If you want to go see me suck at it, because I didn't have any incentive in driving better <laughs> in it, then you can go check out the YouTube page where I live streamed it. <laughs> yeah, man. I tried streaming on YouTube, then got copyright striked, and I don't use YouTube anymore. Oh, yeah. that If you stream that game, there's certain songs that'll come up, so you might as well turn the music off. That'll get you blocked worldwide, so that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, I just... Uh, I just um, re-uploaded the video with that, like, section just muted. So then... Because I don't get any money from YouTube. I don't care. It's don't so care stupid that, that YouTube actually doesn't even let you do that. While every other streaming service, you can listen to whatever you want. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Alrighty. So what's our next game? Discuss that. Red Dead? Uh, yeah. Red Dead Redemption 2. This big fucker. I want to point out, again... I haven't really gotten into this one. I'm picking it up here soon. I didn't have the money to pick it up at the time. I will be streaming this game quite a bit. And then when the online releases, I'll be playing a ton of that. And the rumor is they're releasing a Battle Royale with it also. It'll totally be playing a lot, too. Yeah, it's becoming GTA Online. Well, we we probably saw that coming, so. Oh, yeah. They make so much money off of it. Why would they not? But then the Battle Royale, if they do do a Battle Royale for it, I'll probably be playing a ton of that, too, so. (laughs) Which sounds super cool, actually. Like I just really hope they fix up the controls a little bit. With Red Dead Redemption 2? Yeah. Hmm. Stuff is like tapping A to sprint. Like, that's just not a good control. <laughs> like, Well, so Red Dead Redemption 2, uh, it's the sequel, but it takes place before uh, Red Dead Redemption. I'm not sure where it takes place in Red Dead Revolver. I'm sure it's before that game as well. Uh, oh. Sets up a, 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 a grand caravan group of characters... And you're gang, all bandist. Gang. You want to call it a gang? No, it's a caravan. A gang, gang. That's the that's the word. That's the word lately. <laughs> caravan. Yeah. <laughs> gang, gang. Yeah. Okay. It's a prequel. It is a prequel to please, it. Yeah. So I was right. Do I was not right. spoil at all. Hmm. Well, I've only I've I, I only I purposely only played about four hours. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so I got the snow level then. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I got I got past a, a good crux of the introduction and everything, and uh, got to experience a bit of the open world. Got to the first town and everything. Established the camp. Who all the who the, who all the characters are, and that right there, from what I just said, should tell you how story ridden and character based this game is. Mm-hmm. 
It's I mean now, yeah, man. I did. I did uh, just kind of for my own curiosity look up like how the second half of the game is because Rockstar is notorious for uh, the second half of their story-ridden games. Uh, let's take GTA games. They're always mm-hmm. kind of shoot 'em up shooting uh, shooting galleries where you're just pumping down enemies over and over and over yeah. again for every mission. And Red Dead Redemption 2 does suffer from that as well. That's why it's mm-hmm. like not a 10 out of 10, but it's still a 9 out of 10 kind of deal. So, that, you know, I was kind of hoping Rockstar would kind of divert away from the shooting gallery thing uh, for that second half of the game, right. but hey, that's okay. Mm-hmm. That's just, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's hard it's to talk okay. about Red Dead. Yeah, well, you might revisit Red Dead. When we've both kind of gotten really into it, because it's a huge game. So I could see us maybe revisiting the game in a later podcast episode. Well, that's for I know your cast, is it not? Yeah, when we're talking about those, but maybe a more in-depth review. Like at the end of like the next podcast episode, we do like a spoiler review or something. Well, I don't have the game yet, Drew. I'm getting it on yeah, like a I don't have Friday. It I'm hoping... Same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but it's, it's, it's an incredibly detailed world... And, uh, you know what? I spoke about a game that's too detailed and animated for its own good on the Retrocast. It was actually a, uh, right. it was, um, Cold Shadows, a Donald Duck as a ninja game. Really weird stuff. Mm-hmm. And everything was super animated, including movement left to right, and you kind of had to wait for the animation to finish, and it was jarring at times. Well, in Red Dead Redemption 2, just from a detail and attention standpoint, everything's so animated, it's almost mm-hmm. to a fault. Right. You know, like, let's take Assassin's Creed. When you run over mm-hmm. something, you just click a button, you pick up the item, it's in your it's in your thing. In Red yeah. Dead Redemption 2, you go over to the body, the guy has to crouch down, then he rummages mm-hmm. around in his pants a little bit, then he stands up, then he then it shows him animating, putting it in his pocket or something. If you if you're I'm into okay that, it's that. fine. It's just kind of you know it just it just kind of goes all right. I gotta go over here. And, I mean, I hope they change it up a little bit when it comes to online. But for a story, I think having hyper immersive worlds is okay. Yeah, it's it's not totally. It's not a bad thing by any means. It's just it just adds mm-hmm. a lot. I'm not. Ju- I'm, yeah. I'm just not sure it just needed to be there. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, no, I get that. Let's see. Uh, the snow level takes a long time to get through. That's like the big introduction, but it is a fifty-hour story game. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. So like, for, there, there's a whole South Park episode dedicated to joking about everyone playing Red Dead Redemption Two, and the guy has to start over the game. No, don't go back to the snow level. <laughs> it takes forever. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, no. Which I will have we'll... to do when I get it. <laughs> We'll definitely, definitely go into Red Dead at a later date a lot more in depth and probably do a spoiler review. So, so no Yeah, the spoiler review spoilers. on more of the story stuff. Uh, yeah. This is just kind of the f- our first impressions over it, more or less. And is it mm-hmm. is it a good game? Yes, it's a good game. Yeah, it's, a it's good absolutely game. a good game. It's it's already in the game of the year conversation for me. Oh, definitely. Yeah, same. Yeah, like you just when you when you play a game that this good. You just know mm-hmm. where it's going to stand. Yeah, you know, there, there's experiences you play that and you're like, oh, this is one of those, you know, and it's up there. So Yeah. 
Anyway, I'm not last being, game. Yeah, the yeah, it's it's Red Dead Redemption Two. Yeah. Um, God, it's just so extensive. Lots of detail in the environments. The horse, mm. the horse thing does bother me a little bit, and I'm not sure if that's really needed. The horse mm. thing was kind of bugging me almost immediately. With which horse thing? So everything to do with the horse, where you have to groom it and it has to like you. It'll yeah. kick the shit out of you. It, it has yeah, its own it's personality. A bit much. It it really like that really stood out to me as going. I'm not sure if I'm gonna like this. <laughs> yeah, it, it, there was a lot in, that had to go into that. So I agree I, I would there. whistle to the horse and it just wouldn't come uh, a couple times. I'm like, but, what's your problem? Oh no! <laughs> uh, if I don't if I don't specifically hook it up to the little uh, whatever they're called, you got to hook yeah. your horse up. It'll just wander away like an animal. I'm like, come mm. on! It's a video game. <laughs> I don't want to go having to search uh, like my damn horse Like, if that shit happens in online, it's going to be so obnoxious. Yeah, um, it's, there's just, because there's so much detail, you then mm-hmm. notice a lot of these things that become obnoxious. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, anyway. All right. Red Dead, But the characters are fucking fantastic. Everyone characters has are their awesome. personality. I love them. They're all interesting. They're all well-written, well-animated, well-acted. It's fantastic. <laughs> uh, let's see. When you, uh, we got a comment here. When you use your gun, it'll switch to another gun you don't want. Oh. That's too bad. Well, that's too bad, yeah. <laughs> that is too bad. <laughs> anyway. All right. So our last game is something that I'm sure you want to get into a lot of detail about. Uh, I mean, I Which is Call of Duty to. Black Ops 4. Yeah. Well, I mean, so like we should probably take, because there's multiple game modes, you know, so we should probably take them one at a time. All right. Well, how about I just ask the it. questions then, and you can answer. Okay. Uh, well, do you want to start with to... the story, zombies? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I'm gonna be, a, I'm gonna be a lot more quiet on this one. This is, this is definitely your bread and butter, Drew. Um, okay. I've, I've That's... spoken about a nausea <laughs> on past podcasts and my initial mm. impressions. I'm not the, I'm not the first person shooter guy. I do think mechanically, this is probably the best Call of Duty game I've played. But I do have a lot of faults with it, and that has more to do with Activision. <laughs> yeah, Activision sucks, man. So my first question is, what do you think about the implemented post-launch microtransactions? Oh, God, it's so bad right now. It's so terrible. Oh. I really wish they would just give me a normal supply drop system just so I can <laughs> unlock the shit. Because right now, it's like anything I want to unlock, I have to wait forever to, to get or spend absurd amounts just to try and level up. Because right now, it's not based on experience or points or credits. It's literally just game time. It's like 50 minutes of game time to rank up once. And that is so terrible. Granted, all the cosmetics are kind of shitty in this game. Or not really shitty, but they just don't really matter that much. There's so much superfluous stuff that it's like, I, you know. They're trying to copy mm-hmm. the Battle Pass system from Fortnite, and it's just not good. I wish they would, if they're going to do this, <laughs> yeah, do the supply yeah, drop exactly system like that they've that. had the last couple of years. It works because they have the supply drop system. They have the collection system, and then they have the crafting system. So, yeah, you have supply drops, but you can also go on certain quests to try and unlock what you want to unlock. And mm-hmm. I just it's so much simpler. Um, surface level, as far as this game goes, the UI is garbage. It yes, is so terrible. that was terrible. very irritating when I was playing it as it well. It is so terrible. They started doing this thing, starting with last year with World War II, where they're like, hey, let's switch up the UI that's great that we've had for the last <laughs> decade. And they had this terrible tab system in World War II. And everybody's like, this is terrible. And then Black Ops 4 comes out and they're doing the cursor thing from Destiny and everything. You have to go into like two menus to get to. It's so fucking terrible and I hate it. 
very much. It is very, very, very bad. Um, terrible UI. Um, the story of the game, the specialist HQ, kind of the campaign, effectively, is really interesting. I was really happy with it, actually. Gameplay wise, it got a little tedious, but uh, story wise, I thought it was. I thought, I mean, the cutscenes are always going to be amazing because Call of Duty is. They got the budget to make really pretty cutscenes. I thought the storyline was really interesting and in how they kind of weaved. And it was, it was almost. It's what I really want from Overwatch. I really want something where they kind of weave the heroes and the specialists and, and stuff into this storyline with good cutscenes and uh, interesting story. Um, there's not much to say about the story because it's just kind of a story, you know. There's not mm-hmm. too much to it. It isn't super fleshed out like a big campaign would be, but it was interesting. Um, zombies this year is the production value is out out the through the roof. They've went all out in this game on the zombies more than I think they ever have. Uh, graphics are amazing. The, the maps are crazy and big and interesting. Uh, gameplay wise, they're super Easter eggy and, and fun. I don't like what they did to the perk system. They, okay, they go into stripped, that then. They stripped perks. Like, because Zombies has always had a classic, you know, gameplay loop. They've had, you know, here's Juggernog, extra health. Here's Speed Cola, extra speed. And they have the little jingles and you drink the soda and it was always fun. This, now they have it like a loadout system. You have four, so you have like a soda perk, a cola perk, a uh, a daiquiri. Do you have a daiquiri? Burger. You have like four different beverage perks and everything has kind of different stuff and they don't do the jingles anymore and you have to set up like a loadout juggernaut isn't there anymore everybody has 200 health by default which and and mm-hmm. by the way this game is very hard as far as zombies goes the zombies maps are extremely hard compared to uh, other years um they did all kinds of stuff with zombies and it, it, they mixed it up and I, I i get what they're doing with it but i think zombies is really popular because it's always been a cult classic mode that is very very formulaic but has a lot of depth as far as exploring and easter eggs go and I liked it that way, so I, I was kind of sad to see it all changed. Uh, and it, honestly, those changes have kind of turned me off to zombies because it's just not the mode that I've really... Because I've never been a primary zombies player, but I've always really enjoyed it. And it's always been formulaic, and it's as crazy and in-depth as I wanted it to be. And now it's just all just there. So not a huge fan of that, um, but it's still a really good game mode that they've done this year. It's just not classic like I personally prefer. Um, Blackout, the Battle Royale mode, is fantastic. I love it. It's uh, just a version of PUBG that we all wanted. <laughs> it's the very, it's completed. It isn't buggy. It's super smooth. It controls fantastic. The hit scan projectile thing is well done. Um, it's pretty balanced. You know, it, it all kinds of classic COD maps all shoved into one giant map. It just plays fantastic. It's just a Battle Royale game mode, you know. There's nothing really crazy about it or new about it. It's just your first-person military battle royale that works and isn't buggy. And so I really enjoy that. Okay. Um, there's going to be – I'm really curious to see kind of how they, they expand because this game, first of all, Black Ops 4, they've said, is a three-year game. It's going to be supported for three years with DLC and um, updates and everything. And Live I'm service really curious, model, yeah. Yeah, I'm curious to see how yeah. they, they combat Fortnite because they've said that's kind of their target. You know, They're fighting it. So as far as the Battle Royale goes... They're not innovative they, enough to combat with Fortnite. No, I don't think they are. But what they have to do to combat Fortnite is they have to keep Battle Royale continuously updated. You know, Fortnite every single week has a huge update 
where they add weapons, they take away stuff, they add new areas in the map, they, they new features. The map's always evolving. Every week the map evolves some way. Um, right. So far they've started one event because they have missions you can do to and, and you find items like a teddy bear and then it'll have like a mission you do to unlock characters. And it's <laughs> kind of all right. It's not really as – they need more characters to be – they haven't really introduced any characters that people really, really, really want to get, you know? Um, mm-hmm. So far they've added a uh, – They've added an event with the Blight Father, who's a zombies boss, who appears at the graveyard, who you can fight, and he drops a ton of loot and stuff. But And it's kind of interesting, because they have implemented zombies into the game. They're just kind of around in certain zombie map locations, and you fight them. And it's kind of, I think it's done well. And then they, they've been adding the Blight Father, which is the boss, the zombie, one of those zombies bosses. So that's been an interesting addition. But I'm just curious to see, like, there's some spots on the map where it looks like, you know, they could add stuff, they could change stuff. There's weird noises and Easter egg noises that are appearing, so I'm wondering if they're going to try and do the Fortnite, like, you know, story of the map evolution type of thing. But uh, people, a lot of people think they might add Carrier from Black Ops 2 or Hijack from Black Ops 2 into the water and all kinds of stuff. But um, Blackout is fun and interesting. It's just a battle royale, and we're just kind of to see how it evolves. And that's what uh, will really kind of tell us if that mode is a very good mode or not. But um, when it comes to multiplayer... Yeah, because so the blackout mode uh, for me was like a better PUBG. It wasn't broken kind of deal. Yeah, but it uh, also the the little nuances which, which that it does Xbox announced during their little XO18 mm-hmm. that PUBG is coming to Game Pass. So you know whatever to that. Um, yeah, zombies is a horde mode. Horde mode. As I it's, said, I think zombies me. is way more than a horde mode. In all honesty, at this point. I kind of miss it when it was just a standard horde mode that, like, you could do whatever you want with. But I think Zombies mm-hmm. is much more of a flushed-out game mode now. Because especially with this one, it's not just survive the horde. There's You're doing quests, you're doing side missions, you're doing so much in the Zombies game mode. Just play and, Resident uh, Evil, then. <laughs> yeah, but and that's, that's just what Zombies is. Uh, so, so. Um, yeah. so, what about than the multiplayer because I had a hard time getting into it as a new player. Multiplayer this year, I think and here's something I need to point out. Blackout is the primary target for Activision this year, if anybody didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. That that's is what that, they are doing. That obvious, is the goal. Yeah. And it's definitely felt Um The funny thing about multiplayer is I feel like there's a lot of features of multiplayer that were in Blackout and they just threw in a multiplayer. Like the manual healing thing, I think they threw that in there because of Blackout. They were like, hey, we manual heal and Blackout, throw that in multiplayer. I think they tried to unionize everything. Um, there is so much to multiplayer this year that is just, there is a lot. Um, to, I mean, I'll start attachment-wise. The guns don't have the same attachments anymore. You know, when, with your ARs, how you've kind of had it in other years, you had, okay, you I'm a quick draw, dripped. Stock, you know, every gun has their set of attachments. You can mix and match to gun to gun. Now every gun has different sets of attachments, and mm-hmm. now there's different levels of attachments. So you can have like a stock one and two or a grip one and two, which causes all kinds of crazy shit. So it comes down to the point where, you know, certain guns are prioritized over others just because they have certain attachments. And I think that kind of ruins the the gameplay. I think it overcomplicates and ruins a bit of the the fun of the game, in my opinion. You have stuff like Grip 2 taking away flinch on certain guns. So certain guns have no flinch and no recoil. 
So in certain situations, those are out over those are better than other guns because this gun is now missing a key component of multiplayer that this gun now has, and I think that stuff's kind of annoying. I think the maps are okay. I think the fact that they've now brought uh, casual multiplayer from six v six, they've toned it down to five v five, and then they also made competitive five v five in order to try and make everything kind of more similar. And I think that is terrible. Pubs five v five, I don't care. Competitive five v five, I think is terrible <laughs> because you just see people flood bomb sites played a 5v5 tournament like an hour and a half ago and it was just like okay guys five-man flood b bomb site and it's like everybody runs in there and just guns each other you know it's i think that was a shitty decision um so from a competitive aspect it seems like it's a major step down so the competitive aspect is (laughs) this game was supposed to be so good uh also i want to point out this game has specialists again so it's like hero shooter aspects when it comes to competitive, oh yeah, I've, every I've, yeah, I year you talking about this shit comes in. This shit comes in. They're pretty good about banning. Hey, this stuff's stupid. Let's ban this in competitive. Mm-hmm. This year they announced the CWL variant, and they pretty much banned none of the dumb shit. So you have pro <laughs> players running around dropping barbed wire, using tactical insertions, you know, using <laughs> big ass grenade launchers, and it is honestly a joke. I'm watching clips of pro teams going into certain areas and the other team throws barbed wire down and shields down and you can't move. There's there's a character who pulls out a riot shield who has a machine gun mounted inside of it that you, he can move around you can't hit him. Like, there's grappling hooks, there's ground pounds. The competitive, like, viability of this game is out the window. I don't think it's competitive. I don't think it should be considered an eSport. Um, oh, wow. We don't, have, we don't have 60 hertz in hertz servers in private match. There's no dedicated servers and private match. I think calling Call of Duty an eSport at this point is kind of a joke um, because it's kind of an embarrassment as far as a competitive game would go. So it um, seems to me that Activision did a lot uh, did, a, did a lot to cash grab this rather than... What they Im- did improve. is they the initiative... Blackout is what matters here. They don't care about COD. They just wanted Blackout. And I'm okay with that. Blackout is f- fantastic. I really have a ton of fun. I've been streaming a ton of it. Multiplayer, they tried to unionize competitive and casual so everything kind of blends together so casuals mm-hmm. have more fun watching competitive because it's the same game that they play because in all other years it's like hey all this stuff's not allowed it's 4v4 it's a different game and casuals wouldn't watch it because it was a different game and this year they tried to unionize all that and i, I was hoping they would like most games the casual side would become more balanced and less random and I would have a lot more fun with that. Instead, they decided to drag all the random bullshit, non-competitive stuff from casual into competitive, making it not really that competitive. Okay. I'm at the point, when you, when you throw certain things out the window in your game, I don't think it should be considered competitive. If you don't have 60 hertz servers or dedicated match in your competitive tournaments and stuff, it shouldn't be. it's not eSport. It's a joke. It's just a wannabe. You know, If you're having complete random stuff that, that depends on randomness in your competitive mode then it's not um it's not really competitive is it? it's just random it's just a joke i mean that's not to say it's not a, you it's because it's a shooter it's the goal is to win there's still competitive side of it but i think calling it a, a serious esport is a joke and i think it's stupid <laughs> um multi it's fun it's call of duty it plays well there's score streaks you run around it's a fun game the maps are all right it's fun um i just think they threw out a lot of what they could have done with it it lost a lot of potential. Treyarch makes good games. They're shiny. The maps are colorful and fun. You know, the guns are entertaining enough. 
I think the attachment system is really obnoxious. They do, they have predictive recoil now, kind of like CS. So you know how every gun is going to kick, and if once you master that, you're master. You've kind of mastered the gun. Um, something they did that's kind of annoying. They changed hitboxes this year. While um, kind of your middle mass body has always been, mm-hmm. you know, this amount of damage, they changed it so damage multipliers happen like if you hit somebody's arm. So, like, if you're shooting center mass from the side, you're going to do less damage. That's kind of obnoxious, you know. They implemented manual healing, and everybody has 150 health now, so everybody's a bullet sponge, which is annoying. Like, a submachine gun in medium range can take, like, nine shots to kill sometimes. That, that even I the fire rates, That, that yeah, I even immediately the fire noticed, because I cracked, yeah. like, I when I was playing, I did end up cracking someone in the head, like, three times with, I forget which gun it was, but they just took it. Yeah, like you really have to track these people and finish the kills. In other years, while three shot, four shot, five shot guns were kind of the thing, uh, well, five shot was your long range on weak guns, but it was generally three, four. It was a fast time to kill. It's always what COD's been. Now it's 150 health, so it's a little more bullets to kill. And um, there's manual healing. And the big issue with manual healing now is that they've implemented this item called the Stim Shot, which makes it so you can heal. I think it's like three seconds on the recharge. And it heals your health really quickly to the point where I had this happen in the – we were playing a free-for-all before the tournament. And I did – and I knew it pissed my teammate off and I knew it was going to do it. But he shoots me in the back. I hit a corner stim shot, immediately rechallenge. I'm already at full health instantly. <laughs> That's pretty game-breaking. So That's what it sounds like. It's pretty game-breaking. So it's so many little things like these that they've just – because I'm yeah, okay with innovation. Up. But as far as esports go, you know, you look at esports – Big ones. You look at CS. You look at League. You know. You look it at. It sounds games. like it's becoming more arcade than anything else. It's more of an. It's an arcade. More arcade. I mean, COD's always been an arcade shooter, but it's more random than it's ever been. You know, I don't. You look at Halo. I th- I love how Halo does it because they say we're building our game for competitive first. They have a great casual and social community. Tons of party modes. Ton of fun. But the game fundamentally is built as a fair, balanced, competitive game. So people have. Fair starts, people have fair health, it's hit scan, you know, it's dedicated servers at 60 hertz. Right. You know, they mix up the formula for party game modes and social and have a ton of fun with it, but the game fundamentally is competitive. Call of Duty is not fundamentally competitive, it is casually. It is complete casual, you know? Fundamentally, they have features like flinch, which is when you're being shot, you have random kick on your gun. Which makes it so in a gunfight, you might randomly lose because somebody gets a few kick over you. That's not competitive, you know? Stuff like that. I think Call of Duty and and the scary thing is they're looking at trying to expand it into a league like OWL does. Instead of the CWL, the open events, they're going to go like full franchise league. And that is freaky because now you have a game that it comes out every year and it's not even really that competitive. But it's just considered competitive because – I mean, it's still competitive, but it's considered an eSport because it's, it's that big in the spotlight, you know? Um, I think Call of Duty is just at a weird spot. I have fun playing, you know? I have a lot of fun mm-hmm. playing, but I just am frustrated a lot of the time, especially as someone who's always kind of sat on oh, the I've no, Oh, I've noticed it. you get really frustrated in, in this one, uh, much more com- than compared to the last one. Yeah. No, I find this game, yeah. even though World War II was garbage... <laughs> Multiplayer-wise, and he's first, that game was fucking trash. I think that was the worst COD ever. Um, this game makes me more upset because World War II was more fair than this game. Mm. 
This game, I get upset because it's unfair. There's a lot of scummy a lot of tactics that Activision has implemented yeah. into it, and that There's that was so a, that was a fear of mine. Uh, I've spoken about it on the cast in the first place, but I think we can pretty much expect Activision to do what they do mm-hmm. now. Uh, I'm definitely going to call it on this one. What was your game of the month? My game of the month, probably yes. Red Dead, but I should probably. Uh, I haven't played. All I played is God. Blackout was my game of the month. Okay. Blackout. So, dis- despite all the aggravation, it's Call of Duty Blackout mode. <laughs> it's the Blackout mode, and this is the do thing. Think, I consider Blackout think the game its own should have been entity. sixty dollars. I think Blackout should be. Con- mm. You want to know what I really think should have happened? I think, and this is someone who doesn't really play COD campaigns that vividly. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think they should have scrapped the campaign. Just for marketing value, I think they should have kept it. It made more people. (laughs) I don't think the campaign matters, really. And I don't think it's really a selling point for COD. But I think the initiative that they should have taken from the game is they should have done the normal Call of Duty. They should have outsourced the Battle Royale as a free-to-play game. I think Blackout should be separate than Black Ops 4. I think it should be free-to-play. I think they should have the Fortnite Battle Pass system on it. I think... uh, Blackout should go. be its own thing, you know? Fee to pay. That's the, that's the word going around now. That's what it is. Well, free-to-play, and, and Fortnite's really, I feel like, revolutionized the free-to-play model because it's completely fair. There's no... But in, in no the, one's using that. They're all saying you have to buy this outright and then pay for the microtransactions. Well, afterwards. here's the that's, thing. That's, that's, what, that's, why, yeah. that's why this, that's the, why this turn, turn, uh, turn of phrase is going around fee to pay now. That's what Call of yeah. Duty has become. It's well, a fee God, to pay game. The funny thing, they're... they're microtransaction system is the same thing as Fortnite's. They released their blackout game free to play. They would be in a better spot. Well, if they'd released it free to play, they might actually be fighting Fortnite head on head right now. Maybe, but they didn't do that. The only, you know, the big reason, the big reason that blackout's having a hard time is because first of all, you have to buy it. You know, a lot of kids, the big, your big kid audience, which is what's (laughs) going to make your thing a phenomenon. Has to go out and buy it. It's an M-rated game. They have to get carded. This was a free-to-play <laughs> game. Everybody would just be downloading it, and everybody would be playing it, and nobody would care. Everybody right. would be playing it because every everybody is able to play it regardless of how much money they have. They all have a console. It plays well. It plays equally on. They could, you know, implement cross-play with PlayStation and Xbox. You know, this game could be huge as a free-to-play game, but it's kind of stuck in the Black Ops 4 box, I feel like. Yeah. Um, multiplayer, I think they... J- there's so much fluff. That's my annoyance. I think, you know, uh, what, the reason I love CS is because there is absolutely, positively, no fluff. Here's your map. Here's your guns. Here's your kind people of... People still your, play it to this day. Yeah. Here's your economy mechanic. Now you guys play the game and you guys see what happens. I love it. Right. Call of Duty. And All I right, cause right before Black Ops 4, I was playing tons of MWR. It was great because it was so <laughs> modern warfare is so simple. There's no fluff. You know, it, it comes down to the player. In an arena shooter, it should come down to the player on how the game evolves. So that's my that's my spiel. Okay. Well I'm calling it. Um Okay. I think I think it goes without saying the game of the month is definitely Red Dead Redemption Two. <clears throat> I agree. And I, I personally I'm <laughs> at a toss up between Mega Man eleven and Super Mario Party. I'm leaning towards <laughs> Mega Man eleven. As number I really want to play that game. I'll be streaming that game. You bet your ass yeah. I will be streaming the hell me, out of me that game. Me and Kevin both streamed the full our full experience with the game. 
uh, from Kevin's from the Retrocast. Mm-hmm. So, uh, just one more time for the audience. Uh, we did cover uh, games co- that games that are coming out of the PlayStation Classic. That was a fun little spur of the moment thing. But we did Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Super Mario Party, right. Forza Horizon Four, Mega Man Eleven, Red Dead Redemption Two, Starlink, yep. and Black Ops Four. So fun month. Um, November is going to be very interesting with Battlefield Five coming out. Uh, there's some PSVR games coming out. I always love talking about those because they're very interesting, different. Uh, Fallout seventy six is who. That's something. Pokemon Let's Go will be will be great. And then I'm the so Quiet excited. Man, the Quiet uh, Man came out, and that's uh, we'll say it right now. It's like the worst game of the year. <laughs> okay, can't wait. To it talk was about not that what I was expecting. <laughs> Definitely coming into the next month, I'll be playing a little bit more of the games. Just there was a lot of COD going on, and I'm wanna I'm trying to get a little more into variety streaming. So yeah. I'm gonna pick up a Switch here at some point. Play Pokemon. Um. And uh, I don't know, I'm going to play Red Dead, definitely. So. All right. Well, those in the audience, thank you for listening. Those in the live stream, thank you for watching. Thank you, thank uh, don't you. forget to enter the contest the Red Leaf Retrocast has going on right now. Uh, leave a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Take a screenshot. Send that to at BowlingJD Red Leaf Retrocast. You can use the hashtag Red Leaf Retrocast. That will be even easier to find um, if you forget to what Twitter it goes to <laughs> somehow. You can also enter via subscribing on the YouTube channel, Red Leaf Retrocast, or following us on Podbean, our host podcasting site. So those are, yeah, four, those are the four ways to enter. You can enter as many times as you want of those four ways, and the winner will be decided. You can pick an anime to review for the cast. All the shoutouts included. Retro theme and couple games that we'll review on the on the Retrocast or the retro, uh, retro Wrestler Spotlight. The wrestler must be retired. So, big retro theme. This is to get you guys in the audience uh, involved in the podcast. We're coming up on two years in under two months now. So, thank you, everybody, for joining us. Yeah. Thank you, everyone, for joining us and supporting thank us you. through the years. It's been uh, awesome. Well, through the almost years now. Almost years. And... We are in talks to get a special new logo and branding for the cast and celebration. And then I'm in talks with the same guy to do something. I don't know. Uh-huh. Something. <laughs> All right. All righty. Well, thank you, everybody, and look forward for to watching. Uh, the next one in November. Thank you.